Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. And I'm excited because we've got a great friend as our guest today on the Texas Values Report. For our new listeners in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we're streaming and we're going to have a weekly presence, uh, hello to you. And I hope you're enjoying this weekly program that we're bringing to you, talking about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. You know, we've been doing this work coming up on 10 years of Texas Values, and a lot of the work that I started and um, and bring in my leadership started in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so we're excited about our Dallas-Fort Worth listeners, but you can go onto our website and listen all across the world. Wherever you are, you can connect through podcasts, through the website, and so on to hear the weekly Texas Values Report, and I'm excited today because I do have a good friend. David Barton is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. We're going to go for about half an hour. Half of that segment's going to be with David as we talk about some really important and timely issues that I know our listeners and our supporters care about. But David Barton is the founder of Wall Builders, one of the most important and influential organizations, not only in Texas, but across the country. When it comes to America's founding, America's founding documents, some of the most precious items that are preserved that relate to our American history. He has in a collection in uh, his facility in the west or north part of Texas. Some people have called him America's historian, and some people have called him a lot of nice names I like to because of his importance and relevance to the founding. But not only that, but the clear connection regarding Christianity and Judeo-Christian values and Americans founding. David, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan, good to be with you. Hey, by the way, uh, you're coming up on 10 years, man. Thank you. You guys have done a ter terrific job. Thanks for representing our values, Texas values for sure. And hopefully Texas values become America's values at some point. But thank you guys for all you've done. Well, look, I appreciate that. And uh, you may recall some years back when we first started, you gave us permission to have your headshot on our website as someone that was a, an early endorsement of our organization. Because a lot of times when organizations get started, people may know them or maybe they know one or two people, but it's always nice for them to see other people that they've maybe known, uh, excuse me, known longer say, hey, I like this group. They, they do great value. And I um, hope to continue to live up to that standard that you have set. And here we are. Right. Ten years later this year, we're going to be selling 10 years, celebrating 10 years of Texas values. And we find ourselves, David, really right in the middle of some of the same battles that were going on when we started Texas values, hoping to have that statewide presence to motivate people to get active in pro-life issues, religious freedom issues, marriage and family issues. Some of those issues improved. And now we find ourselves involved in some issues we probably never would have thought would have come up or we hoped it would not have come up. Um, but the, the relevance and significance of Christians being involved in this process is still as important as it was 10 years ago. And I know that's what you focused on a lot. Tell us a little bit about um, why it's important um, for the work that you've done at Wall Builders, but also for Christians to stay engaged. Yeah, and, and I would say it's actually more important for Christians to be involved now than it has in recent years because uh, there, there is a real problem now with standing in the way of really harsh agendas that are coming. And, and we're, the good news is we're seeing a lot of this show up, particularly school board elections. You know, in, in Dallas uh, a month ago, we got 15 out of 15 school board seats. 51 churches got involved and said, hey, this nonsense of what you're doing with our kids and the gender transition closets and, you know, giving birth control stuff to, to girls 10 years old. This is crazy. That's not what education's about. 
And so we saw 15 out of 15 school board positions go with Christians being involved. Uh, we're seeing that all over the country. Saw dozens and scores in Colorado. 1,500 churches got involved there. We've seen the same thing in states from New Jersey. Uh, 312 churches got involved in Virginia and have just turned that state around in a very real way. Legislative seats. So there's a lot of stuff that's not making the news that is the direct result of Christians being involved. And I think it's, it's more important now than it's ever been because while we were fighting 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago and stuff, now if we don't fight, we're getting run over by a really crazy agenda. Uh, and, and this is the problem we're seeing right now is we see that polling shows that 77% of traditional value Americans are not wanting to get engaged because the fight is so mean, it's so ugly. You know, if you get engaged, like if you put my picture up on your website today, you're gonna get attacked. There's no question about it. The, the, the harshness is, is so bad that people are reticent to get involved, which is now when you need to be involved more than ever. So we've got a lot of victories sitting on edge. Um, you know, we're looking at victories with pro-life stuff. We think there's, the court came down with several more decisions today. There's gonna to be more tomorrow. I think there's 10 decisions left to come. One of them will be Dobbs. But I think even the one that came down today on the, on the Second Amendment is a massive decision. Um, when you go back to what the founding fathers talked about, they said life is the first of all your inalienable rights. And if you don't get life right, you don't get anything else right. Well, I think they're going to get life right because they've gotten so many other things right this session, like the Second Amendment decision today. And if, if you're off on, on life, you're going to be off on Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, everything else. So I think today's decision actually dealing with, with self-defense is a really good verification of what I think will come next, probably next Monday in that Dobbs decision where that will be a very, very strong decision. And the decision today on, on the Second Amendment was a clear constitutional decision. You had six justices saying, here's what the Constitution said. You had three justices saying, well, who cares what the Constitution says? We need to fix a national problem. No, no, no. That's not the court's role to fix national problems. It's your role to uphold the Constitution. So it was a really positive decision today. And I think that's a, I think this is a good verification of what I think we're going to see with Dobbs. The, the trick with Do and Dobbs is the pro-life decision coming out of Mississippi. But I think that there's some questions that will come with Dobbs is how far will they go? Will they actually say life is an inalienable right? Or will they say that it's a state-regulated right? Uh, will they say that, well, you can do 15 weeks and above, but not 15 weeks and below? There's a lot of questions still to come, uh, but I think it's going to be a very good decision, and I think it'll probably come Monday of next week. We're talking with David Barton. He is the founder of Wall Builders. Wall Builders is a national pro-family organization that presents Americans' forgotten history and heroes with an emphasis on our more religious and constitutional heritage. Uh, David Barton is also the author of numerous books. I mentioned that some people in the media call him America's historian. And, you know, he's got a great facility out in Alito, Texas, where they have all these great uh, American documents and uh, different items from Americans' history that are part of preserving that. But some have described him as, you know, in the top 25 of most influential evangelicals. He's got a heart for Christians as it relates to getting involved in elections and getting involved in so many important issues and movements. We've been friends for a long time. And, you know, look, when I got involved in this work, you were setting the standard. And now you've got your son is president of Wall Builders. I mean, you continue to have uh, a tremendous group of people around you that it just expand your influence and the influence of, of Wall Builders is such a great organization. As you mentioned, some school board races, some things that churches got involved in. 
um, an organization, an affiliate organization of ours that works on some elections, got involved in a lot of school board races. Those have been very important. And, and I think a lot of times what happens, and if you're watching on social media, um, we're on Facebook, share this, like it, let's get it into some groups for about halfway through our discussion with David Barton. We want to increase that engagement. Uh, but I think sometimes as Christians, right, we can just get discouraged. This issue, that issue, and, and, and even, and, I, and it's good to mention some positive things, right? And we're going to close the segment in a minute talking about the, um, the pro-life case, the Dobbs case at the U.S. Supreme Court that has the potential to overturn Roe versus Wade. This is a, a Roe versus Wade is a Texas case. This matters a lot to Texans. But I think sometimes Christians, they need to hear that there are some positive results, even if they're considered anecdotal, however people may want to describe them in not such a um, robust way. They want to see evidence, right? And they want to feel like they're making a difference. And in the world and culture we live in, sometimes that can be hard to find with the news that's coming out. But there are you know, there are um, good results that come when Christians get involved, and we do typically have an impact when we come together, when we talk with our church pastors. I'd love to hear about, you know, you being able to, to help people understand the value of your church and your church leaders getting involved, but also recognizing their historic role for that being important. Yeah, historically, it's, it's very significant. It's very easy to see historically the church being involved. Um, the, the Second Great Awakening is really the impetus for the end of slavery. And Charles Finney, who was probably the most famous revivalist in Second Great Awakening, talked in his lectures on revivals about how you can't have a revival if the church does not get involved in politics, because revival expresses itself in public policy. You see changes in public policy as we did Second Great Awakening in slavery, but you had to get involved politically to end slavery. And it's the same with any kind of cultural issue. The church has got to get involved. It's not going to be pro-abortion, uh, liberal people who, who end abortion. I mean, it's not going to be. It's going to be conservative Christian people, conservative Jewish people, conservative people of faith who say, hey, the scripture is really clear. Deuteronomy, Leviticus, other passages, you don't take unborn life. We're getting involved to make sure that that is public policy. We're seeing that now with school boards. A lot of that is driven by parental rights. Uh, that is a right given us in the scriptures, the right to educate our children, the right to raise our children, the right to inculcate values. We're the one that give them values, not, not the schools. School can teach them two plus two, but they're not even teaching that anymore. They're now inculcating values. That's the role of parents. And if parents and Christians don't stand up and say, here's what the Bible says, I've got to be involved in helping make that public policy. And we're not talking about a theocracy. That's not at all. We're talking values. Uh, at that point in time, if the church does not get involved, you lose your country. So we're seeing so many areas, and we mentioned school boards earlier, but I can point to Houston. Churches got involved in Houston. Christians are on the school board in Houston now. They've turned the direction of the Houston school board. They've done the same in Denver. They've done the same with four school boards in Colorado Springs. They've done the same with Boise. They've done the same with Wichita, Kansas. They've, I, I can just go across the nation showing you where local churches are starting to say, hey, this is our community. These are our kids. Right. We're not going to let you teach our kids this nonsense you've been teaching. We're going to get involved. And we are seeing changes all over the country as a result of that. And that has always been the sign of a literal revival is when the church gets off its tail, gets in public policy and starts saying, hey, we're going to uphold values. And this is time to change the direction of the nation. And I think we're going to see that with life as well. Uh, again, Dobbs, I think there's three or four ways that could go and they each will have a huge impact depending on where the court goes with that, but they're all going to require Christians to be involved in helping move that forward in, in the public policy in a very real way. 
there's no doubt. And we're talking with David Barton, the founder of Wall Builders. You can find them at wallbuilders.com. So important to the Christian community, to preserving America's founding history, also the connection to Judeo-Christian values, to America's founding. And I want to uh, talk about the Dobbs and the pro-life issue. Before we transition to that completely, though, I just want to acknowledge, you know, since Texas Values started in e that we focused a lot on what happens at the State Board of Education. David, you and I teamed up on some of the in private school. Many of us homeschool our kids, but six million public school students are in the education system, right? And so we care about those kids too, and that can Im impact the culture. Uh, and so whether you have your kids in public school or not, you need to stay engaged on these parental rights issue and why it matters what's being taught in your public school. Those things can impact private schools and charter schools. I see it happen all the time. So we appreciate your work and focus on those issues. Uh, let's focus in on though the life issue. You touched on that in your, your introductory comments, David, about typically if you know candidates and elected officials are right on life, they're usually right on some of the other issues, if not all of them that we care about. Here we are. The Supreme Court has to rule. They typically rule by the end of June on all their court cases. So we're going to have a decision by next Thursday. Could be tomorrow. Could be next Monday. But in the next few days, we're going to find out the fate of Roe versus Wade. And we hope, based on the leaked opinion earlier in the year and a lot of other indicators, we believe we're right at the doorstep of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Tell us what that will mean for Texas and the country. Yeah, there's actually several ways of looking at this. Will the court say that the right to life is an inalienable right? If we were back in the 40s, the court would say, hey, no state has a right to abortion because you have a right to life, just like you have a right not to be a slave, like you have a right for, for self-defense. That's an inalienable right. That's not regulated by the states. That would be the, the one really big thing. That would end abortion as we know it. Um, I don't think they'll go there because we just have come too far down the stream. I, I think they're more likely to say, um, Roe v. Wade was badly decided. It is not the role of the federal government to decide what states do with abortion. The Constitution allows the federal government to do 17 things. They're called enumerated powers. If it's not one of those 17, the, the Constitution says it belongs to these states. And I think at that point, they will say Mississippi's 15-week law is fine because this is not a federal issue. We should not have done Roe v. Wade. We should have never gotten involved and, and federalized things that belong to the states. Now, I would argue that it doesn't belong to the states. I'd argue that it's an inalienable right, which comes under the Bill of Rights. And that's why you did not have abortion in virtually any state. Nearly every state had outlawed it uh, because it's an inalienable right. I would like to see us go back there. I don't think we'll get there at this point. So I think what you'll see is a state battle beginning. And by the way, if they overturn Roe v. Wade, that does not end abortion. That just means right. states get to decide. At this point, about 27 states would likely become pro-life and do something to end or limit abortions. But 23 states are going to go whole hog and say, hey, just like we've seen in California, just pass the legislature in California. You can have an pass the House in California. You can have an abortion up to 30 days after the child is born. Now, that came out of Virginia first with Northam two years ago, and then you had Maryland say, hey, we think abortion 28 days after birth is still an abortion, and California saying 30 days. So you're going to see that going on. It's not going to stop abortion. It's just going to put it back on the state level, which this is where citizens can have a bigger influence. It's easier to influence your state legislature than it is the federal legislature. So when it comes back to states and in the state of Texas, we've allowed even cities to, to get into banning abortions. Yeah. Um, that's, that's battles we should and could have. 
and we don't just celebrate when the decision comes out Monday, and I think it will at least roll back um, the, the federal aspect of it. We don't celebrate there. We just say now it's time to roll up our sleeves and get started working because we've got a lot of work to do. Now, Texas, since Roe v. Wade, we've passed 57 different pro-life laws in the state of Texas, and we, we passed a trigger law this last session says if the Supreme Court ever overturns Roe v. Wade, abortion is illegal in Texas. That's great. Uh, but there's a lot left to do even with that. And the other thing I think might happen is if the court says this is a 10th Amendment issue, that's going to open the door for everything under the sun to become 10th Amendment issues if it's not one of those 17. We've already seen the court this year say, you know, immigration is not just a federal issue. That's a state issue. We're going to get states. We're going to let states get involved in upholding immigration laws. That's radical, but that's what the Constitution permits. So I think what we'll see is the 10th Amendment come back to life which means we'll start having battles on things we haven't been able to even have fights on uh, in the last 30 to 40 years. And I think we'll see a lot of change in Texas, not just on life, but we'll be able to take on the issue of marriage again. We'll be able to take on the issue of immigration. We'll be able to take on the issue of education, ways that we haven't been able to, to do those. I think they come back to the states. Well, look, and if you're a law student, Man, what an exciting time to be seeing some of these things happen. It's making me think about some of the things that came down when I was in law school at the University of Houston, because there are legal uh, consequences to these decisions that are very real, right? That when you think of your historical uh, Supreme Court decision, right, this is going to be one of the most significant Supreme Court decisions of the past 40, 50 years of our generation of quite some time. And I'm hopeful that it goes in the direction of life. I know one of the practical realities is based on our estimated numbers in Texas, you're going to see 50,000 lives saved in a year. And that's the estimate, close to the estimate of what the Texas heartbeat law has had an impact on as well. And so there's a real reality to see how some of these things um, can play out when we see what the Supreme Court does in just a day or two. Could be tomorrow. They have uh, decisions that are going to come out on Friday. David, look, I really appreciate the work you and your team have done over the years. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate the fact that as many consider you one of the most influential voices that Christian conservatives and evangelicals rely on. And you look, David said a lot of things in his comments. Uh, he gets more words in that are influential per second or minute than I do. And I think I talk fast sometimes. So this is going to be on social media. It'll be recorded in a podcast. If there's some things that he said, there's some things he said I didn't know. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Go back and check this after we're done. But David, I really appreciate all the work you're doing. And I appreciate how you've been a part of Texas Values throughout all of these years. You know, we're coming up on our fiscal year end, and I know you appreciate the value of, of nonprofit groups and the work they do, and you've provided that value to us for so many years. So thank you so much uh, for the great work that you continue to do, and, and I continue to pray that uh, God blesses you. Well, thanks for all you do, Jonathan. And you guys are boots on the ground here in Texas. You're on the front lines, and that is significant. And people investing in, in Texas Values are investing in Texas and Texas values, literally, not just an organization, but the values we all hold dear. So you guys have done tremendous work. You're very effective. Thank you for doing that. And hopefully people will continue to support you and help you keep saving the rest of us in the state of Texas, all, all the grief that we want to be saved. So thank you for what you do, Jonathan. Amen to that. Appreciate you, sir. David Barton has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. All right, I've got a few minutes left here in the segment as uh, David moves on. 
you know, look, um, I, I've had trouble putting these things into context. I'll tell you, um, when you think about the history that's upon us, right, you think about um, where we may find ourselves by the end of June, um, and it could be tomorrow, I and mean, the Supreme Court is putting out decisions tomorrow. And look, we're, you know, there's news coming down right now that the Biden administration has now completely rewritten Title IX. Um, they've empowered men who want to compete in women's sports and a whole host of other things. Excuse me for just a second. Um, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry to try to keep my health up. I've been uh, uh, struggling a little bit this week. So, um, but you think of, and, and I don't even have time to get into some of those details. Check our website and our social media. We're going to put something up about it. Today, we're celebrating 50 years of Title IX. Right. We've got a great um, message we're putting up. If you want to support us, nine dollars for Title nine. And on this day, this is the day that President Biden picks to really eviscerate Title nine, to make it go in a reverse direction. Title nine was set up to create equal opportunities for women now because of the way the Biden administration is rewriting. it, This is not congressional. OK, there's no law that's been passed. The Biden administration on their own has decided they're going to rewrite how Title IX should be interpreted, even though they're in going further than the Supreme Court has said on these issues in empowering men to take away competitive spots and opportunities. For women, the complete opposite of what it was designed to do. I mean, you know, look, I, I it's it's incredibly troubling. The Save Women Sports Movement has absolutely taken off because women from all you know views, all sides, and all you know degrees of the spectrum have said enough. This is too much that these women um, are having opportunities taken away from them by biological men. You know, when the media wants to call them something else, that that is what they are. I mean, we need to stop qualifying these things, right? These are men competing in women's sports. And sometimes, I mean, that's, you know, it's just, it's too much. And that's why women are leading this movement, okay? I stand, I sit here right as a man expressing my concern. I do have a daughter, you know, I have concern for her. I have a concern for all women on this issue. And women that are leading this movement. Um, and rightly so, right? You've got Martina Duratilova, who is, you know, probably one of the most famous athletes, but many people know that she's, uh, you know, publicly, she's out, however you want to describe it, as a lesbian, she's not in agreement. So it's not as if, oh, these are just conservatives and people that, you know, uh, you know, you can fit into one particular box. Chris Everett, right? One of her greatest friends saying the same um, so you look at, you know, just it, it runs the complete spectrum politically, too. Um, and here the Biden administration is in a free fall. The economy, inflation, all kinds of issues. And they're spending their time reaching out to a very small group of individuals that are not even aligned with, you know, the LGBT movement. They're sort of a break off of it. Um, so there are so many things that we're involved in. And one of the issues is working on saving women's sports at the college level. It is one of our top priorities as we go into the second half of the year and we get prepared for the legislative session to have protection and college sports 
for women, particularly to try to uphold the real meaning of Title IX, to make sure that there is fairness and the need for it has been greater. This swimmer, Leah Thomas, this male swimmer that is competing in women's sports and has been taking championships away is from Texas. Okay, there is a Texas connection to this. And so it's really striking that all this has happened at the end of June. Um, and look, I, we are very close to Roe versus Wade being overturned. That's a movement that's been in place for close to 50 years. Uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating and it's hard to imagine that it's taken us this long and I hope we're at this point that we'll see it overturned and David Barton was right that doesn't mean abortion will be outlawed it means it goes back to the states now thankfully Texas is a state where it's been uh, we're positioned for it to be outlawed we've seen that with the Texas heartbeat law as a matter of fact if you go to our website texasheartbeatlaw.com we already have it set up with links for women to get connected with the resources they're going to need at pregnancy centers over 300 nonprofit pregnancy centers across the state of Texas that are ready to serve women. If there's one message that's clear, and I got this from my friend Kristen Hawkins, no woman stands alone when Roe versus Wade is overturned. If you need help, and it's not just, it, it's about the woman and also the baby, all right, the baby and her family. We know sometimes that, you know, they're not to suggest that men are never a part of this equation, right? Women are struggling, they're in crisis, and they're Often, um, many times they are single, but oftentimes they're married as well. This is something that a family is going to go through. You're not alone, right? And that means if you've ever volunteered or never volunteered at a pregnancy center, we need you to step up and be there for them as well. If you go to texasheartbeatlaw.com, you can see how to get connected with these resources, get connected with pregnancy centers, and we all need to come together. But our elected officials in Texas they need to be standing united that we 100% support protecting innocent human life and protecting our state laws, and we're not going to bend at all.